0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is Trent. I'm here with my good friend, Alan, and we like to talk about things that help our churches to endure. And Alan, I'm really excited about this this week's podcast and next week's because um, we're, we're going to be talking about a question that one of our listeners brought up. Um, Rod Hype, I want to just say thanks to you, brother, and um, for giving us the suggestion. And, and we're going to tell a little bit of his story. I hope that that's okay um, with him. But uh, this is a, a question that he has seen worked out in churches, and, and he wanted us to talk a little bit about it, is what happens and how do churches move people from one position to another position so that they can keep the people that they really appreciate. And so we're gonna talk through that, that uh, and kind of have a discourse about how that could happen. So Alan, that's that's our question for the day.
1: Man, what a what a big question. I mean, that covers so much. And so today what we wanna do, Trent, is why don't we start with, is this a good idea? I know mean, it's one of the questions that some people ask is, should we look within first or should we go to the outside first? And I'm really not sure there's a right or wrong answer. The question is, is it the right person and is it the right fit? So today, let's talk about some of the pros and cons from, and we're going to call this kind of the insider-outsider type of thing. But just to kind of put a frame of reference around it, and then let's look at how do you move someone inside to a different role or move someone up into a role uh, next week. How does that sound?
0: It sounds like a winner. And so let's kind of give some examples of what we're thinking about just so people understand this topic a little better, you know, um, there's been a lot of times and, and Alan and I have both known folks that did youth ministry that did great, but they get to a point where they're like, okay, I don't know that I can do all the late night youth events anymore. And so I'm ready to move to a different position, but um, they they love their church and the church loves them and so we've seen them move to different positions even even to the pastoral role and do an amazing job. So um, Alan and I both had had seen that work out. Um, so that's one possibility. You know, you've got a, a person in your who's already on your staff in your church and they move up because of age things or they've just been doing it and they recognize that hey there's could be something else for them. Um, another one is another example is this is, is for like a music minister who's getting older, but sees that the church needs to change some direction uh, to reach some younger people and that different music styles or diff- different music groups within the church. And so he de- he realizes that need, but he doesn't really feel equipped to lead differently But he loves this church, and he would like to stay there. So is there a possibility for that person to change to a different role?
1: Yeah, and sometimes it may even be, if we go back further, there may be someone who is a children's teacher or a, a student ministry teacher, and maybe you have an opening to oversee one of those areas in a staff capacity, and you think, well, should we hire this person on the inside? to do that. So there's a lot of scenarios and I, one thing I'm grateful for is that churches are actually asking this question. When I was growing mm-hmm. up, I never expected anyone from the inside to assume a role. I mean, I always thought, well, our church goes all across and looks for people and they come from this state or that state and they come in and then they they fill that role. And that's not the way we do it. There's a lot of ways to fill those that's roles. And again, what we want to come back to is the goal whenever you put someone in a position is that we are putting them in the right position. That mm-hmm. is what they're most concerned with. That's how in, a church that's going to endure puts the right people on the right seats in the right bus, as mm-hmm. as Jim Collins used to say it.
0: Yes, I was going to say, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking that same thing, man. We're having some good thoughts going between us, Alan. That's great. <laughs> Uh, and so that is important, you know. And it, it makes me think too. You know, the business world has been ahead of us on this this topic because that happens, and they expect that that to happen in the business world, where someone moves up within the the business, you know, of that company. But unfortunately, yeah, we tend to always we don't look at the people that are already there within the ranks, and and I believe God's going to call people to fill those positions from within our church. And and sometimes those are people that are not even on staff yet, but they're going to be. So we want to kind of talk through this, Alan, and see how this could work out.
1: Well, let's start with some of the positive things, because I really think overall there's probably the positives outweigh the negatives, but we need to talk about both of those. But I think one of the hugest benefits of moving someone from the inside is that an insider can cut down on the transition time for the congregation.
0: That's really true, Alan. I'm glad you brought that up because if somebody has already been serving in that church for a long time, they have good relationships. And so that instead of a person coming from the outside that has to take a long time just to get to know people and figure out what they can and can't do, this person already has a good Good idea, good picture of how that can happen.
1: Yeah, when you think of it from a pastoral perspective, a pastor comes in and we say it takes five to seven years to truly become the pastor of a church. You already have established relationships in the church. You can cut that transition time down because you already have a, a basis for trust within the congregation. Now, there's some other obstacles, but you have at least a good foundation to work with. So transition times can can really decrease. And so you take that role faster and you're able to do more with it at a, at a quicker amount of time.
0: And so that really leads us to the next part of that idea is that because they already know how the church works, then that helps to cut down that transition time. They they know the system, you know, how, how does the church function as far as like business meetings or who makes the decisions or how do they... Um, work within a budget. All those kinds of things, they already have a good grip on.
1: Yeah, knowing the inside details of a church, you have to experience them. It's those unspoken dynamics. And when you've already swum through those waters, you can do that far more easily. So again, you have a background of information that other people who are coming in, they have to learn all of this stuff. Someone on the inside already knows all this stuff, which you kind of mentioned some of those things too, the key relationship. You have relationships on the front end. You have a working knowledge of what everything looks like. But then who are the people who get things done? You know, Whenever you walk into a new situation, you have to build trust with new people. You have to figure out, okay, who has the biggest voice here? Who's someone Mm that I rely on? When you come from the inside, you already know all of that. So you already have these key relationships in place. And that is such an extra blessing to move into that role that way.
0: Yeah, it makes me think, Alan, of that. There's an old commercial, E.F. Hutton. You know, when E.F. Hutton talks, everybody listens. And in every church, there's somebody that is respected. And when that person may not talk all the time, but when they do, that everybody listens. And so an insider knows that person already and probably already has a good relationship. And instead of a new person coming from the outside, having to figure out, now why is it I'm not getting nothing done? And everybody keeps looking at this other person over here. So you kind of need to know those things. And that also, you know, that insider also has a better understanding of the church history um, and and knows kind of what has happened in the past and maybe why some things are happening now based on that history.
1: Yeah, history is not what you are told when you go somewhere, <laughs> <The> <laughs> yeah. history is a lot more complicated than you ever think it really is. That is just what history is. So, you know, if a church has a, a history. Of eating up someone in a certain role. You know, if a church has a history of running people off, you know, if a church has a history of loving and supporting someone in that role. To know that history is huge because getting to the real history of a church is challenging. I go into churches that have 12 or 13 people, and if you read through their little history that they've printed up and put in a little loose leaf binder somewhere, you would think it's the happiest, healthiest church that's ever existed. And there's a reason that they used to run 100 and run 14 people now. You know, it wasn't a ha- happy, healthy place. But if you read the history, you would think it is. And that's just not always true. So you get a baseline of the of the real history. And that's important.
0: So those are some, some positives about moving a person, transitioning a person from st- – Already on staff to uh, moving to a different role in your church, um, but Alan, are there are there possible negatives that we can see in this?
1: I think there are, and we need to be honest about what those are. And as much as, like for instance, the transition time for the congregation is sped up, I believe the transition time for the leader himself or herself in whatever role. I believe that that actually slows down because when you are used to doing one thing and then you're asked to take on a whole different set of responsibilities, a lot can shift. And there are all these concepts out there that we tend to promote people to a place of ineffectiveness. And is that going to happen in this case? And sometimes that does. and So the personal transition oftentimes lags behind.
0: And another possibility is that this person may be having to take on two roles for a little while, right? Um, Because they don't have someone to fill his previous role. And so he's doing that plus taking on a new challenge. And so that can be, that can slow things down or be frustrating really to not only that person taking on the transition, but. The whole church, if they're like, well, hey, how come this isn't happening like we expect? Because we all know we live in a drive-through fast food world, and everybody expects things to happen very quickly. And it doesn't always work that way.
1: And so if the congregation is thought, well, why is this a problem? And that other person's trying to play catch up. It can sometimes put them in an awkward p- position. And they start to have people pull away from them instead of rally around them. So it's something you have to be aware of. It's something you have to be, you know, cognitive of in this situation. Um, the second thing Trent, is an insider uh, might be tempted to make changes way too quickly because they have such such a deep awareness of what's wrong.
0: Yeah, because they've lived in that situation and they've seen the struggle of that new role. And so they want to. Like okay, bang, we're going to do all these things, and and that can cause problems—budgetary problems. Maybe they re- recognize that there's things that need to change, and so they want to they want to outspend their budget because if there hasn't been someone doing that, maybe there's hardly any budget, and and that typically happens in churches. Um, it can also, you know, just out outpace what the church is prepared to handle. And how they want to take on different roles there
1: yeah in fact i was talking to someone about a pastor who had been in the associate role for nearly 20 years and came in and changed things so fast that it chased everyone off that's a problem and that's something that's easy to see how it happened and it probably shouldn't have happened and so i think in this case it's it's not so much that someone comes in and, and changes things too slowly though that is a danger the bigger danger is that someone comes in and just does way too much too fast because they think, we've been waiting to make these changes. Now we're making all of them at once. <laughs> People can't handle that much that that fast. So that's a real danger. You know, the third one is that an insider may not have the ability um, to take on that role at a different level. mentioned that a little bit earlier but is this the right fit? Is this the right skill set? Just because you have an opening and just because someone maybe needs to be moved, is this the right move?
0: Yeah. And this is a big place of evaluation that you really need to ask some hard questions um, as a leader or as a person, maybe on a search committee or whatever. You really need to be able to ask some of those hard questions because you're right. What what Alan said, there people are usually exist at different levels of leadership. And um, we learned a long time ago that you only attract levels of leader that are at your level or below. And maybe your church needs to begin to attract some high level folks. But if you put this person who is not at that high level into a leadership level, they're gonna struggle and the church is gonna struggle.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that you have to be mindful of when we're thinking about this is to the skill set, it changes. So if someone has skills and they're a wonderful pastor, but let's say they're moving out of that worship leader role and maybe they're moving more behind the scenes to an administrative type role, those are different giftings. So does the person have a gift in administration? Um, I know a lot of worship people who do. I've known a lot of worship people who don't. So is there, is there a commonality of the gifting that's going to help them thrive and be successful. Or are you creating a space? Well, this allows them to still draw a paycheck, but they're going to be frustrated in ministry. That's not fair to that person either.
0: Yeah. And this is, you just had, mentioned a phrase, allow them to still have a paycheck in ministry. That And churches do this so many times. They do what I call a mercy hire. And it's, you know, they have a good thought, But it's bad for the church or it's bad for that ministry, whatever that is. And that's such a shame because, you know, that is not a reason to hire someone just to give them a paycheck and keep them going. Um, You know, if you want to do that, then do a, you know, hey, we're going to give you a gift so that you can, you know, take care of you. But don't put them in a leadership role. The other side of that, too, there's, um, you know, I was thinking about if someone... Is used to being behind the scenes in an administrative role, but then all of a sudden they're thrust into the spotlight, and they're not. Maybe their personality can't deal with that very well, and they struggle with those, you know, relationships, um, or the other way around. If somebody's used to being in the spotlight or in front of everyone, and then all of a sudden they're behind the scenes and they never get that recognition that they're used to, well, they're going to struggle too.
1: Yeah. So, so that's really. An evaluative evaluative process we have to think about very seriously in that. And then there's the question of identity. Identity is such a huge thing. It's probably something we don't talk about enough, but someone's identity is in that role. So let's think about the youth minister who becomes the pastor of a church. One of their biggest obstacles is that a lot of people look at that person, you know, as the guy who goes to camp with kids and tells and and you know hangs out with kids and does youth things they don't necessarily take them as pastor because their identity of that person is in that role sometimes the person's ident their identity is in that role so can that identity shift take place and how does that take place? So we have to kind of think through that as well.
0: Yeah, because each different position has different authority. Um, And a lot of times, like you mentioned, the example of a youth minister that has been a youth minister for a long time in that church. The senior adults have never looked at him with that authority as the pastor. They've always looked at him as the youth pastor, youth minister. But now if he changes, it's going to take them a while to consider him with that authority that he needs to have as the lead pastor. And so that you just need to keep that in mind, the identity that they have in the role that they had in the past. And is that going to be a significant change to a new role? And will they, the rest of the church see them in that new role, or will they continue to see them in the previous role?
1: Yeah, different people are going to take that in different at different levels and at a different pace. But is that something that can be overcome? That's the question that has to be asked. If if 75% of the people are never going to move past that, it probably can't happen. If it's 10% aren't going to move past that, we know that any time of leadership change, there's going to be attrition. Maybe we can absorb that. But those are questions that you have to think about, questions that you have to answer on that side. So some some ways that things can go wrong but again, I think there's more ways it can go right. We probably talked about more spent more time talking about the ways it could go wrong because we want you to know those pitfalls. We want you to recognize that they're there, they have to be addressed. So if we the more of those we can address on the front end, the better the chance for success.
0: Yeah, and that's why we do this podcast. We want you to endure. We, we don't want you to blow up your church because you you didn't think through some of these things. So This is important. And so, again, we're talking today about the possibility of a person in your church transitioning from one role to another role. And a lot of churches are dealing with this right now because, let's face it, there are less folks uh, available uh, to come into a new position in your church. And so churches are looking inside. And so we're going to continue this conversation Uh, in our next podcast, but we wanted to kind of begin this conversation, get you to begin to think about what would that look like if someone moves from one position in our church to another position, and so we appreciate you taking some time to listen to us today, and we look forward to continuing this conversation next week, so make sure to tune in, and we'll have more great info for you.